Welcome back to another episode of Dream Attraction Podcast. And guys, if you've been following us on wherever you get your podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple, if you listen to our intros, you already, or outros, you already know, uh, you might have seen that we posted a little short episode recently and you might be like, what is this? What is, what's going on here? So Lainey and I are just going to talk to you a little bit about um, what we are going to do in the future going forward. So we've been doing some research on podcasting, talking to some of our friends and, you know, because of TikTok, sometimes people have a shorter attention span, right? You know, you see a video, whether it's real, TikTok, Facebook, and you can just scroll up and a new video will pop up. So the new generation and even like millennials and older, like our attention spans have gotten so short. So in the podcasting world, you know, our episodes tend to be 45 minutes, full episodes, full length, all that. I love that personally, because then I can just put it on and, you know, do whatever I'm doing. But some people yeah. like a shorter episode. Some people like 10, 15 minutes, little bite-sized episodes where they can kind of put it on while doing whatever they're doing or driving to work, whatever, if you live, if you have a short commute and just being done with it. And I feel like it was a very interesting concept. And so Lainey and I are like, okay, well, let's take that idea and run with it. Like, Yeah. Can- and I think for us, like we, we do enjoy like, a 40 45 minute like type of podcast if they if it's like a good conversation and it's like informative and you kind of take like you kind of come out of the conversation and taking something away from it um i think that's how i like to listen to my podcasts like if i find something that is interesting and i'm learning from it I'm just someone that likes to like actively learn and absorb information while I'm listening. And I am more of an, like, I am a, I learn best listening rather than like looking or whatnot. Like, I mean, if someone's trying to tell me how to do something like step by step, that's not going to work. But if it's something, if it's something to where like you're telling me your experience and trying to, you know shed light like that way to me I'm still learning that way and it's easier for me to learn when people are like talking about their experiences on like a certain topic or whatever um but I do appreciate like a little short like episode of something because I am someone that does like if I'm liking a topic or something that you're talking about and it's only like 10 to 15 minutes long I'm gonna binge listen to it because it's so short yeah Um, and that's the easy thing about it is that you can just kind of like binge listen if you're coming in later to the game to mm -hmm. like we want to have like a couple different genres of little like I said I like to call them bite-sized episodes because they're just super short uh, you guys know I love women's wrestling and we've been talking about it in the main episodes for a little bit here. Lots of more often this year than ever before. And we were getting some traction there. You know, we had on former WWE superstar Victoria on our podcast and that was huge for us. We had like Ella J who's big in the podcasting world. So we were starting to gain some traction there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, this is something I keep up with. This is something that I have passion for. So I'm like, might as well just 
do a little mini episode every week spotlighting someone within the women's division or a certain match or whatever. And I think that that's really cool, you know, to kind of have a podcast where I can just openly discuss this stuff with you. You know, I find that really awesome and it just re like ignites my fat passion even more, you know? Right. And I think for my little bite size one, like my genre, it's going to be more like lifestyle um, kind of pans with the manifestation because we are an entertainment manifestation podcast. And so Eric's wrestling ties into the entertainment part and the mind's going to probably tie into the manifestation because I feel like, especially when I was practicing a lot with my tarot and whatnot, um, very active with like my medium stuff, um, a lot of people would ask me like how I learned to do that and so on and so forth. And I feel like I'm kind of tapping back into that, but in a different way. And, and my episodes are going to be more so like goal setting, um, just basically like routines, daily routines, and just like day, like kind of like a day in a life type of thing, but it's going to be more so it's going to be more, um, there's going to be like a topic for each one, but it's going to be about like 10, 15 minutes long. And so I'm hoping that this will help somebody kind of feel more centered, feel like a little more driven, more motivated um, towards their goals and like just things that they want to achieve, mm -hmm. you know, going forward. So I feel like that one is going to be good for people that are kind of figuring out how to achieve their goals or trying to figure out where they like having more of a direction on what they want in life, stuff like that. And it's just going to ground you. It's going to help ground you a bit better. And I feel like that has really helped for me more recently. So I just kind of like want to share like what my experience with that is like, and then you can take it and do whatever works for you, tweak it, like hear how I'm doing it. And then you can tweak it and do it how it works for you. Exactly. And I, yeah. I feel like that's what we wanted to do, like from the start, I feel is like inspire mm -hmm. people. And I was talking to somebody actually recently and she's like, Hey, I kind of want to start a podcast, but I don't know where to start. And I've gotten the question a lot. And I find myself always saying like, you know, if you're a celebrity with a following one episode a week is more than enough, you know, but when you're kind of an indie podcast and trying to grow your following, I feel like the more episodes you can put out, the better. And it used to sound intimidating to us because we're like, well, sometimes it's just a lot to put out one episode, trying to find content for to fill one entire episode, 45 minutes. And then now, like I said, recently, we've been discussing this and talking about it and thinking on it. And we're like, well, it can just be these little mini episodes. And then posting like four episodes a week doesn't seem so scary because they're like three out of the four of them are short, you know? Another one, another topic that we want to kind of experiment with is that, you know, if you guys listen to our Not So Simple Life podcast, you know that we, for the past like, or like two years we did it, we always reviewed a San Diego coffee shop in the beginning. And sometimes people either loved that concept or hated it because if you're not a local, why would you care about local coffee shops, you know? And mm -hmm. so... With this, having an episode devoted to that is that if you're coming to Dream Attraction Podcast for recommendations on San Diego places, then you're going to look 
at those episodes and for those episodes, you know? And I feel like that was always really fun for us. And we always created really good memories and people thought that was really cool that we checked Mm -hmm. out different places in the area. And it gave us an excuse to explore San Diego and go somewhere other than where we're just comfortable with going. And I think with this, it can just be any sort of place in San Diego, not just necessarily like a coffee shop, maybe like a, a bar, maybe a restaurant, maybe a place, you know, the limit, there's no limit, you know, whatever we want to do with it. So I think that it's just an exciting new journey for us and just a way to kind of expand dream attraction and just do something different with our podcasts. And I hope you guys love it. I mean, we always love the feedback, you know, so if you guys are ever thinking about us wanting, like wanting us to incorporate something or do something different or add something like, please let us know. We're always open to new ideas and new concepts because ultimately we want this podcast to be super successful. So that's just something new. I feel like we're doing really well with Dream Attraction because we've been adding little, little things every couple months. We add something new, you know? Yeah, it's just like little things under the umbrella. And I mm-hmm. feel like the more we can fit on the under the umbrella, like the better it's going to be because you just have to be, you just have to keep being innovative, like in mm-hmm. creating and doing new things. Like, cause you know, not everybody's going to want to hear the same thing all the time, like over and over again to where it's repetitive. So I think that's the good thing about us is we're good at pivoting when we need to and changing it up when we're like, okay, this is getting a little old. What can we do to make it new and more exciting? And some people don't like change like that. Some people are very like stuck in the in their ways and they're like kind of let their, you know, their pride get ahead of them in that way. And you're like, well, this is how I like to do it. So I'm going to do it this way where you and I feel you and I are like more so like, what can we do that's new? Like we're mm-hmm. always thinking of new things. So I think that's good about us. And um hopefully you know you guys like these little episodes and maybe you're like maybe you like the little episodes more than our actual main podcast that's you know 40 to 45 minutes long every week you know we're thinking like like who knows maybe like you guys end up tuning into the little 10 15 minute episodes rather than the 40 and then it all builds it all builds on the brand because then you pull somebody in with the wrestling episode and then all of a sudden they're like find themselves listening to the 45 minute episode. You know what I'm saying? So just something new, something innovative as Delaney did say. And speaking of innovative, our guest on the podcast today has known what he's wanted to do since he was a child. And I find that so awesome. This interview is amazing to kind of pick his brain behind starting a band and what goes into that and the thrill of performing and all that good stuff. So We have Zachary Krugman on, who is the lead singer of Young Volcanoes, and it was an amazing interview. I don't think we've never had on a lead singer of a band before. No, we haven't. This is the first time. So we're kind of dabbling into a new industry. This is something that I love because I used to write songs and probably could still write one if I really wanted to, but I kind of fell off that wagon. But um, (laughs) yeah, I... I love the music industry. I used to sing when I was younger and like I said, write songs. So this is something that I was very interested in talking to him about. 
So I feel like you guys are going to find this one really interesting. So let's bring them on. All right, guys, please welcome to the show lead singer of the Young Volcanoes, Zachary Krugman. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Howdy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And I just know I follow your Instagram for your band. I know you're doing some amazing things with your new song that you just released and your music video was so awesome. So I want to get into your story of how you got into music and all that good stuff. So I want to start from the beginning. When did you first fall in love with music? Um, I don't know, honestly, probably when I was like in grade school, so like sixth or seventh grade, um, like one time my cousin who was like five or six years older than me, he left like this DVD at my house and it was like a DVD of like a bunch of music videos, kind of like MTV back in the day. And I just watched it and then I kept watching it over and over. And then I just started to want to do that. So yeah, I just got lucky that he did that. Yeah, I mean, I used to remember like when in the morning when you turn on the TV and like, what was it VH1 and all the music videos would yeah, be playing? Yeah. I miss that. They should bring that back because I love <laughs> yeah. music videos, but I don't really watch music videos that much anymore. Yeah. Like you really got to go out of your yeah. way to look for them, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, that's that's good. I love that. Um, I feel like everyone in grade school kind of has an, an idea or a general idea building of what they want to do with their lives. And some people always yeah. say like, you know, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. But it's important because you actually went for it. You know, right, like you're making your right. dreams a reality. So I know that you do know how to play the guitar. Is mm-hmm. there a story behind how you learned to play the guitar or anything like that? Or did you just kind of fall into it? Uh, I kind of fell into it. Um, It's really a stupid thing of how I wanted a guitar. Like, have you ever seen one of those things that you use to cut like a hard-boiled egg like yes. with the wires on it mm-hmm. I don't know why but when I was in third grade I grabbed one of those from the kitchen and I was strumming it like a guitar <laughs> and then from there I was like I want a guitar <laughs> and then I think my mom went and got it for I don't know I think she like just put it on layaway or something and then got me like this starter kit with the amp and then just from there I just started playing horribly wow. but yeah yeah, but you said you, you started in third grade. Your mom got you a guitar in third grade. I think it was third grade. It was probably around, around there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't actually learn how to play it until I'd say sixth grade Okay, uh, for three years. Like for a couple months, I took lessons and then just kind of stopped. And then three years later. I was like, I just, that's, yeah. that's still like pretty young to learn, though. Like, so you started Definitely. from like a young age. I feel like it's easier to learn, like learn how to play instruments when mm-hmm. you are a kid because you're still your brain's still developing and everything right. like that. So I feel like learning to play like guitar, any kind of instrument, like as an adult is way harder to do. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that for me, like it was in fifth grade where they were like, do you guys want to play an instrument? And I chose the clarinet for some reason. And it was Mm -hmm. honestly horrible. Uh, Quit after like two months. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I know in my junior high, though, we in our music class or whatever, one of the classes I had to take, we did play guitar for a minute. Like it was one of like the the sessions. So I was wondering Mm -hmm. if it was kind of anything like that. But it's kind of cool that you just picked up like a thing that you slice hard boiled eggs with and you're like this looks kind of cool and then next thing you know you're playing the guitar you know yeah 
Uh, when did you get like serious about it though? Like when did it become like go from a hobby to something where you're like, oh, like I actually want to do this, mm. you know? Definitely around high school time frame. Um, I think around my senior year is when I went from just playing guitar on my own to being like, okay, I could meet friends who also do do this kind of stuff and start a band and actually, you know, try to do the whole band thing. Um, so yeah, it was probably around senior year. Yeah. So is that kind of the origin story of Young Volcanoes? Was it kind of senior year that you guys came together or was there something before then? Sort of. So I was in a band before that for about maybe like six years, five years, six years. Um, yeah, I was in a band then with some friends. And then later on, we just decided to start another band, which is Young Volcanoes. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone's got to start somewhere, you know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first like prototype is never your final form. So oh, it seems yeah, like you yeah. kind of like evolved into something new. How did you come mm -hmm. up with the name? I feel like the name is very unique. How did you guys or how did you come up with that? Yeah, so it's just a Fall Out Boy song. Uh, Fall Out oh, Boy okay. is like one of my favorite bands growing up when I was in grade school. And like when I had a guitar, that was one of the bands where I was like, man, I this is dope. I want to do that. Um, and I've sort of enjoyed all their music all the way up until starting a volcano. So I was like, you know, a lot of bands that I listen to take song lyrics or something from a band that inspired them to start mm -hmm. a band. And so I just kind of did that because a lot of people tend to overthink band names and it'll take months to pick one. So this was just kind of one that you just pick it. It wasn't like a deep meaning or anything like that. Yeah. Um. Do you remember? Because I don't know if you're going to remember this, but you said that it was so important when you were watching that tape of all the music videos. Is there one music video in particular that stood out to you that you still remember or do you just remember it as being a tape that you watched and that's how you fell in love with music, you know? Okay. So it's funny you say that. Cause I have a, a crazy story in regards to that exact question. Mm -hmm. So on that DVD, um, well, actually th this was a DVD I got from a concert that my cousin took me to, but it was that same like time frame, 2005. It was a band called the audition. And there was this music video where, um, I remember the guitar specifically. It was, like a red Gibson SG. And that became like my favorite style guitar. I loved watching this music video. I love the song, everything. And um, like years later, I'm talking like 15 years later when I was now in this band with my drummer, come to find out that band is from like the Chicagoland area. And they like, they practiced and wrote that album with my drummer in his basement. And then now my band practices in that basement. So it's kind of weird that, yeah, full like wow. circle. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love a good full circle moment. I yeah. think those moments are so cool because you're just like, damn, like everything comes together at the end. Yeah. It's like putting yeah, a puzzle like, together, you know? Yeah. Fifth grade me is just in my room watching this music video. I have no idea how to play guitar. I'm just like, I want to do that. And now yeah. I'm in a band with a dude that, was writing those songs in his basement and that's where we practice it's kind of weird wow that's so weird but i yeah, noticed <laughs> i've noticed that the midwest all of us you know being from the midwest they're heavy yeah. on their bands in the midwest yeah. i don't know what it yeah. is 
but there's so many bands that come from like the Midwestern mm-hmm. area. And there's like diehard fans that are like willing to like oh, yeah. support these people. And I yeah. guess I didn't really realize that when I lived there. But mm-hmm. now that I live, you know, on the West Coast, I kind of realize like, damn, the Midwest people are really like die hard. Like they're they are. really ride or dies, yeah. you know? For sure. Do you yeah. have. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't. um. I don't know if it's the whole band, but is, isn't Fallout Boy from Chicago yeah. area? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, they're from like I the used to, I Glenn used to Glenn love like them North too. Area. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, that that's doesn't surprise me. Because <laughs> do you have like some people that are like super supportive for you? Like every time you have a show or like release a song, like there's oh, yeah, people sure. that like yeah. really just always are like hyping you up. And I'm sure those are Midwesterners, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> like they're all from Chicago. Like that's the thing too about living in Chicago and then being out here in Watertown. Like if I, if we play shows, I would have to go to Chicago, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. So I want to get into the songwriting process because when I was young, I used to write songs. I really love writing songs. I kind of fell out of it in adulthood. Mm. But what is the songwriting process like for you? Is there a certain technique that you use or is it just kind of whatever you feel in the moment? Uh, Kind of a mixture of both. Like most of the times what will happen is I'll be doing something just in my day to day life that is not related to music or like if I'm just going like to the hangar or driving or something, an idea will just kind of pop in my head, whether it's a melody or a melody and a lyric. And I'll just like pull out my phone, pull out the voice notes app and then record it. And then from there I'll build the music around that. Um, I've done it other ways too, where I've done the instruments first and then made the melody and the lyrics on top of it. I don't know what I'm a fan of, yet because i feel like some of the my favorite songs that i've written i've done both ways but to me it seems like it's easier when i come up with the lyric and the melody first because to me that is the one that i spend the most time trying to like nitpick so if i try to do it the other way it's like more challenging for me if that makes sense yeah exactly Uh, what do you like what do you enjoy writing most about like is there a certain topic subject emotion that you resonate more with that you find it's easier to write songs about or is it just kind of fluctuating yeah it just kind of fluctuates um and that's why i'm glad that i'm in this band with jeff because he doesn't really care about sticking to one type of genre so like some days i want to write like this more heavy sad song then the next day I want to write a pop song. It's like, I just mm-hmm. kind of go back and forth. I can never really pick what I want to write. It just ebbs and flows. I always found that it was easier for me to write sad songs. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel, feel like, like it's, that's it's, just, it's harder to write a happy song that doesn't sound cheesy. So mm-hmm. I think that is part of what it is. I agree because you know, when you're writing lyrics that, you're like oh this makes me happy but then you kind of like put it all together and you start kind of like singing it and you think of a melody and you're like uh i don't know it's like that pharrell williams song where it's happy happy yeah yeah. okay (laughs) that's like that song is like you either love that song or hate it and there's no in between because it's low-key like kind of annoying right but it's fine no i'm not a (laughs) hater but you know what i'm saying like it's overplayed (laughs) right right so um, but I know that another thing that you've done in life is you decided to join the military. So how is yeah. it balancing 
military life with having a band because those are two like really big full-time jobs you know right right um it's well we're lucky that whenever we record a song i can do it all myself on the computer which is how we've done basically every song that we have i've just done it myself on the computer and then jeff will i mean we have gone to my friend roy's studio before to record the drums just because sometimes it's easier to just have somebody else do that who's better at it which he is so we have gone to a studio to do that but other than drums really and vocals which i can do on my own um i just do it here and then i'll send a song idea to jeff he'll do his drums to it and then he'll just send me those files and then i can put them into the song um so that really helps with you know being able to balance that yeah. Did you have any sort of stage fright when you were getting into being a band or did, how did you get over that? Was there any sort of anxiety with starting a band or performing your songs? Um, not yeah, yes and no. It's kind of weird. Like Giovanna gets mad at me all the time because I won't sing in front of her, but I'll like play a show and I'm not scared to sing on stage. I feel like when you're on stage and there's speakers and it's loud, like you can screw up and it's not that big of a deal. But if you're just sitting in a room with somebody and they're like, sing, it's like, no, I'm good. So I have like yeah. the opposite of stage fright. I have in-person fright. Do you almost feel that when you're performing, you tap into a character like oh, you're yeah. you, yeah, yeah. but you are kind of like a different version of you. Like you're almost like playing a character where like, that's why when you're not in that zone, it's, mm -hmm. it's like telling an actor, like get into character right now. And yeah, they're like, kind of, I don't yeah. know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not so much for me playing a character, but yeah, it's like you're when you're going to go on stage, you have that time beforehand where you're like, you're prepping you're getting excited. It's like if you were a basketball player and you just went out onto the court, that would be way different than if you stretched, worked out beforehand and like got hyped up with your teammates and then went out, you know? Yeah, you need to get into that headspace, that like yeah. performing sort of headspace. And then yeah. like putting you on the spot is kind of like, no, you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so recently you went on tour with another band called Makeout. And how was that for you? Was that your first kind of like tour that you've done of the US or have there been other big tours like that with your your own band? Uh, yeah, so my band in the past has toured like the East Coast. That was this was my first time being on the West Coast, which was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of some of your favorite places to play at, like some of your favorite cities that had like the best crowd that you really felt amped up with? It's weird because I feel like the best crowds were toward the Midwest, like going back to what we were talking about, because the tour yeah. started on the West Coast. Then it kind of went up California and then it went back towards the Midwest. And the last dates that I did with them, I think they ended in like Indianapolis and Nebraska. And it's funny because when I'm, when we're looking at the schedule, it's like, okay, we're going to Nebraska. Like what's going to happen there. And then Nebraska went like insane compared to the West coast. So that was kind of a interesting experience. Yeah. It's just like that. I don't want to say small town vibe, but yeah. more so where it's like people in the Midwest region, center of the country have mm -hmm. more like 
I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but they just have more yeah. passion, maybe. Yeah. More passion for like the band scene and more yeah. excitement and more energy behind yeah. them. I don't know what it is. It's just kind of yeah, like I don't that know either. I, I wonder it. if like I wonder if big bands experience that too. You know, like people who are like selling out venues. I wonder if they notice a difference from the West Coast towards yeah. the Midwest. Because when you're performing, you want to have a reaction. Like that's the goal is that oh, yeah. you want to have some sort of reaction. I mean, positive reaction, of course, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to have, you want to get people like amped up. You want to get people dancing. You want to get people singing if they know the songs, like mm-hmm. that's what your goal as like a performer is. And when you have like a lackluster crowd, I mm-hmm. feel like it can be hard to kind of pump yourself up to stay oh, yeah. in that headspace, right? Cause you're like, yeah, okay. It's very hard. I've always envied people who could go on stage to like five people and they'll perform the same exact way that they would if they're performing to like 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. I personally can't do that. I like feed off of the crowd. And if the crowd kind of sucks, then the show to me kind of sucks. But yeah. um, yeah, I guess to me, like kind of going back to playing a character thing, like some people can just play that character of like being this huge artist, even if the crowd sucks. But I don't know. I just have a hard time doing it. I tell myself I'm going to do that every time. I'm like, all right, this crowd is kind of small, but I'm going to play like there's 50,000 people. And I get up there and I'm like, no, no can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the San Diego crowd was a little. uh Yeah. A little small yeah. <laughs> when you're playing there. But do you find that there's a difference when you're playing only playing the guitar versus when you're singing or is it the same sort of like oh, yeah, adrenaline sure. rush um it's the same sort of adrenaline rush but i think i just enjoy the singing more because it's just what i enjoy doing more and i feel like when you're just playing guitar if you don't like consciously make the effort to I know it's going to sound cheesy, but like lose yourself in the performance, then you're going to kind of overthink what you're doing on stage. Cause you're like, I look awkward. I'm just standing here with a guitar. Then it just kind of falls apart. Cause you're like, what do I need to do? You know, it's kind of like when you're taking a photo and you're like, what do I do with my hands right now? That's yeah. how it is when you're just playing guitar. But when you're singing, you're stuck at the microphone. So even if you are just standing there, you have a reason, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I guess I never really thought of it from that point yeah. but it's kind of like yeah you're like everyone's staring at me and i'm just kind of strumming away yeah you know? especially to <laughs> like pop punk bands because the guitar player and the bass player are like they're supposed to be as energetic and interactive with the crowd as the singer you know it's not like you're just some backing band where you can just sit there and just play the guitar you know like you need to be as energetic so sometimes that can be hard if you're just playing guitar Definitely. So one question we like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is what is one dream or goal that you have and how do you plan on achieving it? Um, my dream or goal as of right now is to become a pilot and be able to manage continuing to make music and do that at the same time. Um, I know to a lot of people like I'm sure Giovanna hears that and she's like, you're crazy. But I feel like to me, it's not hard to continue making music. Like I've obviously done that throughout being in the military so far. Um, and I definitely could continue to do that. And I think there is a balancing point where I can do both of those. And to me, both of those, I don't, obviously I'm not a pilot right now, but I've loved aviation just as long as I've loved like music and wanting to do that. So 
if I think of myself being 50 years old, either of them, I feel like would fulfill me the same amount. So I'm kind of in this weird spot where both of them are a goal of mine, but you know, either one of them will fulfill me. So whichever one is working out, then yeah, you know, I'm cool with it. I do find that really inspiring because some people go their whole lives without ever finding their passion, you know? Right. And I feel like you've found two of your passions that make you really, mm -hmm. really happy from a young yeah. age and you've pursued them into adulthood. And you're like, well, both of these things make me happy. I'm going to find a way to balance and do both of them, you know? Yeah. And you kind of yeah. know what you want, you mm -hmm. know? And that's something that is kind of rare in our society yeah. to find somebody that let alone has one thing that they have their mindset on, but two things I find that really inspiring and really awesome that you have your mind set and made up about mm -hmm. what you want to do. And you're like, people might think it's crazy, but it's my yeah. passion and right. I'm going to find a way to do both. You yeah, know? For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, a thorough believer that like, if you have passion in what you're doing, like you'll make it happen, you know? the only time it's not going to work out is if you're doing it for any other reason. Cause anytime I've ever pursued anything in my life where I genuinely had all of myself invested into it, it's always, I've been able to accomplish it, you know? Yeah. So this might be a hard question, but do you have a favorite song that you've mm -hmm. written that if people are listening to this interview, if they can go and listen to one song by young volcanoes, what would you recommend that they listen to? This is probably it's really so hard, but... yeah it's it's a hard question because like going back to what i was saying about how i i'll write a bunch of different genres like some of our stuff is really poppy some of our stuff is kind of just like rock some of our stuff is heavier so it all really depends on kind of what the person's preference is if they listen to heavier stuff i would say our song talk me down i like that one if they listen to pop stuff i would say someone new and if they listen to just like alternative kind of on the poppy side, I would say when the weekend comes like those three songs, I think are kind of stand out. Yeah. So you have you have a song for everyone, you know, everyone, yeah, every yeah. every genre, <laughs> no matter what yeah. you like, you can always enjoy Young Volcanoes music because there's something out there for yeah. everyone, you know. Well, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to do this podcast with us. Really appreciate it. And. Me. We got to give Gia a shout out. She'll yep, kill yep. us if we don't. <laughs> yep, you guys yep. know Giovanna. <laughs> She's a reoccurring character on the podcast once a year for the past four years. So shout out to G. Shout You're out. Welcome, G. Thank me later. Yes. Um, <laughs> but Zach, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate this and yeah, such an you. inspiring story. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We really enjoyed talking with Zach about him starting his band, Young Volcanoes. And if you guys want to follow him on Instagram, it's at Zachary Krugman. And if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Dream Attraction Pod. And we'll see you next Tuesday for an all new episode. Happy dreaming. <laughs>